Hey there, everyone. Sound. Cheers. 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 Everybody, and welcome to Cinema on Tap, your weekly movie podcast with a refreshing selection of movie reviews and industry topics on tap for discussion. As always, I am Scott Lentz, joined by my co-host and drinking buddy Christian Ubius. And Christian, today we are joined by a returning friend of the show. That's Mr. Elias Hoxie. Hello. Say, say hi, Elias. Hello. You, you just did, so. Thank you. <laughs> and a new friend of the show, Henry Black. Hi. Wow. Four people on one show. What could go we've, wrong? We've done this before. We have. <clears throat> and it's gone wrong before. Yeah. Well, I mean, with two people, it usually goes wrong some way, somehow. So, we'll do uh, our best. You, I know you haven't listened to an episode, Henry. It's, it's It gets really problematic. I wanted, oh, I wanted to come in blind. <laughs> like how problematic? Like, am I gonna be canceled after this? Uh, <laughs> not that. <laughs> no. Someone starts to like bring up race, and like that's me normally, and, <laughs> and then I'll do a nice okay back to talking about the topic at hand, which actually was your idea this week, Christian. So why don't you go ahead and introduce what is on the docket for today? Okay, so first of all, I did need to say we were going to talk Marvel movies with Angel. Angel needed to reschedule. We will eventually have him. We, we This is a post moment down the line. So instead, we are going to do our top five animated movies of... Uh. The 21st century. So we're just the. Uh... No, 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 no. no, 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 no I realize what's going on. This was still planned. This was still planned. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to do a top five animated movies of the 21st century. I have begun this reign of uh, telling Scott that we cannot share our lists with each other. Because I try to be a good podcast host and make sure we have as much variety on the list as possible. Also because I'm deeply non-committal about lists and don't care about swapping things in or out. But you get mad at me for that when I edit my list based on yours. So yes, now we have no idea what everybody's top five animated movies are. We're going to find out live on air. And it should be same, pretty exciting. Everybody's got the same exact... <laughs> <laughs> um, Were we supposed to order them? Five to one, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you do it? Wait, that's. I can do that. That's a good question because also I I have them in no particular order. Yeah, kind of me too. Oh well, okay. They're all the best <laughs> movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amen. I mean, mine is very. You could swap all five out for five different ones, so <laughs> you know. No, mine is law. Christians um, so. <laughs> <laughs> is law. Uh, okay, I wanted to start with you two. Henry, I wanted to have you on the show for a while because, um, Elias, you were at the premiere also, right, of Bunny Man? I was not, unfortunately, <laughs> but now I'm on record <laughs> saying uh, it again. But have you seen it? No, where can I watch it? I'll send it to you. Okay, <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I want to watch it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I can do that. So, Henry, what is Bunny Man? Bunny Man and Company. Bunny Man and Company. Yes, it's the full title. It's my animated uh, series that I'm working on right now. Um, Award-winning. Award-winning, um, it got recognized, and it got an honorable mention at two separate awards. There we go. So, award-adjacent, uh, award you might say. <laughs> I have laurels to put on the poster. There basically. we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's basically, so I guess the logline is uh, a bunny-themed superhero, Bunny Man, and his minimum-wage uh, trans employee, Butler, are raising a child together in the form of a sentient carrot uh, named Kid Carrot, and they are learning that good and evil really isn't as black and white as it might 
originally seen. How do I watch this immediately? <laughs> <laughs> so um, it, right now we're doing the whole like award like thing or whatever the the festival run. Yeah, yeah, the festival run I guess is the official term. So uh, I, April, <clears throat> excuse me, April is um, the cutoff. Or that's the last festival that is. So that's what I'll be putting it on YouTube. Um, I have a private link. We have the we have an Instagram page right now. Bunny underscore man underscore and underscore company um, <laughs> a lot of underscores um, but if you go there you can check out there's a little exclusive clip uh, we got a trailer and the theme song all up there right now so it's, you can watch it there watch it's very it. cool it is very very cool um, when you put it on YouTube are you going to put all of the episodes or just episode one so we only have episode one uh, complete right now I thought episode three was almost there. So we have in production episodes two and episode three. So I have rough cuts of them, but we have to animate them. Okay. And with that comes uh, needing funding. <laughs> so ah. that is the next big step. Um, we're also making a pitch deck right now. So hopefully, um, Elias, thanks for your follow. <laughs> On both my accounts. Just wow, now. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so hopefully we'll get those two done in a reasonable fashion we're doing the pitch deck right now so we can show it to people and be like give us your money please um but i have rough cuts of the next two episodes and the people that have seen them are pretty positive so that feels good and i have up to five episodes written and i'm working i, I just cracked the plot for episode six so uh hopefully we'll get we'll get them eventually eventually then 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 awesome. tell me why is animation the medium yeah great question I I mean I've always wanted an animated series right like I'm always like so animation is not just for kids well so I like animation because it kind of has this allure where where it kind of like look you can almost make it look like it's for kids where it's like oh it's so it'll like draw you and it's easy to watch yep. right but then you can really hit your audience with some cool I think themes or, or emotions right that uh, will kind of strike take them off guard which I think definitely affects how uh, my list uh, w was written today. Yeah, I love that you bring that up, and, and just that animation is for everyone. There's worth in telling animated stories for kids, just as there's a worthwhile medium telling stories for adults and adults only. And I look at my list, and I definitely have family-oriented or kids' movies on my list, but also have a couple of picks that I would say not for kids. Mm -hmm. One, definitely. So... I'm really curious to see... Sausage Party? No. <laughs> uh, although I did see and enjoy that movie back in the day. Who knows what I would think now. But um, I, I, I am curious to see how we all take that in terms of, is it a movie that we feel like we'd watch with our future children or nieces, nephews, whatever? Or is it something that we would never show them for fear of scarring them? Because that is a possibility with a wonderful medium of animation. So very curious to see where we all land with that. Then let me also ask, has... <laughs> um, has this been a good year for animation? Just say yes or no. Yeah. Okay. Elias? I say yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. With that, are we ready to... What about me, Christian? <laughs> what about you? Has it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if I say no? Would that start start some conversation? I've been wrong all the time before. Well, uh, well, I, I do I do say yes based on what I've seen. At least I would also say yes, mm -hmm. um, but and, with some reservations. And there's still more. I mean, the the new Studio Ghibli movie. I think it's actually in theaters in Los Angeles right now. I think so. The red something. Boy uh, and the Heron. The boy and the Heron. Ah, 
rats. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Hayao Miyazaki's latest movie that is allegedly his last movie, which I think is actually no, no, the no. second movie that is allegedly his last movie, and he said he's, he's going to make another movie. Going to make another last movie. Well, so. yeah, he's been saying that for. <laughs> Every time. movie. Good yeah. Well, I also want to retire, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, with... Um, is there anything else that we should talk about or just go straight into our list? Well, um, I almost called you. You did? Because uh, Florida State University didn't get into the college football playoffs. And that's why you wanted to call me. And you brought it up on this episode about animation. <laughs> yes. Were you animated in your reaction to that? Oh! I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I I think we could certainly spend time talking about the medium in general, our respective relationships to it, but that would probably come out in our lists. So why the heck not? Let's, we we can get to listing. So, um, Scott, we're going to, okay, here's how we're going to do the list. We're going to go five through one. You two did not rank yours. Uh I can do that on the fly. I will. I, I, can you do that on I the platform? I can probably do that. Yeah, okay, just, yeah. amazing. Because you two are guests, and because you two haven't done it, then we're gonna hit your list last. Your list last. Um, <laughs> if someone also has that movie on their top five list, we will not talk about it until it gets to the higher ranking. Does we need to the higher ranking. Okay, so, so for s- example, normally we share lists before the podcast, <laughs> but Emperor Christian decreed we don't do that. Because normally, if say, you know, Christian and I did our top five Disney movies recently, and we both had Beauty and the Beast, but I think no. mine... Oh, we didn't? Sleeping Beauty. Oh, we both had Sleeping Beauty, but mine was slightly higher. So we talked about it at my number one spot instead of his number two, two. or number yeah. three. Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. So. Okay. With that, Scott, what is your number five best animated movie of the 21st century? Folks, tis the season, because my number five animated movie is Klaus. Oh, yeah, that is a good one. All right, all right. Uh, Yes, 2019 is when that came out. It was directed by Sergio Pablos, his directorial debut. And as you might guess from the name, it is a movie that is essentially a Santa Claus origin story. But it is so much more than that. I think it's a very, very cruddy version of that movie. But Klaus is something very different. Mm -hmm. Um, It follows, as opposed to following future Santa from the get-go... It follows Jason Schwartzman's character, who is the layabout son of the Postmaster General in a world where the Postmaster General has as much power as, like, a king. And he gets <laughs> given a, an ultimatum from his father because he's screwing around and not making anything of his life. So he gets banished to uh, the northernmost part of the kingdom that they live in with the mission of making a successful post office out there. When he gets there, he realizes that not only does this place not receive mail from the mainland, but they don't even send mail within the town borders because there's an ongoing uh, civil war (laughs) between two warring families. Not really a civil war. It's just an ongoing... uh, Feud. Yes. Family feud. Like Romeo and Juliet. There you go. There you go. Have you all seen Klaus? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I thought this might happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm sure that it will. But the reason it's up here for me is that it's something I discovered within the last few years. I don't think I watched it back in 2019, but it immediately became one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's a Netflix movie, right? Yes. It is a Netflix movie. It has this beautiful animation style, which it's 3D animated characters, but they're trying to evoke this classic 2D, traditionally animated feeling. And animation is just beautiful the entire time. Um... Actually, I think there is a lot of 2D characters in there, too. Yeah, I I forget what the exact balance or blend of it was. There is 3D characters, but then the the coolest part for 
when I watched it was there's some behind the scenes that you can watch also how they did some characters in 2D and it's amazing because they made them look like they're 3D in some scenes and some sometimes they are. That sounds awful. But sometimes they're 2D. <laughs> Those poor animators. It's, I mean, yes. the, the work was probably terrible. Like, the work space making it was probably a horrible experience. But the end result is gorgeous. They, yeah, they gorgeous. really created like something amazing. I, I think the, the themes, too, are really, really well done where... You could have made it oh, like hitch over the head with like making everybody smile and happy at Christmas. These feuding families come together, but it's really well done, and it plays. It's a different with, take on Santa. It yeah. Would, yeah. Well, yeah. here's my question: What the heck? Why is? <clears throat> what does the post office have to do with anything? So that's how <laughs> that's how Santa eventually gets involved. Where J.K. Simmons voices this character who lives alone in the woods but loves to make toys. He just, due to reasons you learn about, doesn't give them out anymore. And Schwartzman's, uh, what, Jesper, that's his name, Jesper, mm-hmm. runs into him, and they essentially make this deal where he's going to deliver this, not actually Santa, but Klaus's toys if he helps him kind of, you know, figure out a method for delivering the mail, essentially, around this place where there's no mail going around. So they kind of build this partnership uh, over the course of the movie. You learn more about Klaus's backstory, why he lives alone, and, and mm-hmm. all that, and and of course, you know, you get some some stuff you might expect, but again, it's this traditionally done story that's done well. Uh, there's a couple like things about it that I don't love, like there's a really crappy like pop song kind of randomly dropped into the middle of it, yeah. which is just it? like I, I can't even remember. I'll, I'll look it up, but it's like. <laughs> it, it's just like this the whole movie is sort of is trying to evoke this traditional feeling but mm-hmm. this very modern and not so good song is kind of taking you out of it for a minute but that's really the only major crime uh, it's uh, Invisible by Zara Larson. Wow. so sorry Dragged Zara in. yeah right. <laughs> but that's Klaus it is on Netflix it's a movie that I'm looking forward to watching at some point here this uh, Christmas season big favorite of mine it is December, yeah. Is this po- does this podcast come out this month or this Friday? Wow, sheesh! Hi, <laughs> hi, Friday people. <laughs> um, Jason Schwartzman also voices a character in my number five. Oh, Across the Spider Verse is my number five. Wow. Okay, that's my oh. number one. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hold off then. Number five is Shrek. That wow. is also on my list. That's number three for me. Ah, oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Henry, what is your number five? <laughs> Incredible stuff. <laughs> Toy Story 3. Oh, Ooh. that's my number three. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Keep passing around. Keep going. Keep going. Looping. It's like a fucking board game. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, what's your number four? Okay, I can almost guarantee this is not going to be on anybody else's list, just like my first pick. My number four is Tower. Have any it's of you, a documentary one, Have right? any of you even seen Tower? No. I have never heard of it. Okay. No. Yeah. Tower is an absolute masterpiece. And yes, Christian, it is an animated documentary. So, uh, immediately downshifting... That from... doesn't make any sense, actually. Well... <laughs> let me tell you. I know how documentaries work, and I know how animation works. <laughs> so, let me downshift from the heartwarming Santa origin story into a... Documentary about a school shooting, uh, which, uh, yes, Tower, <laughs> yes, lots of jokes to be had, yes, Tower is uh, directed by Keith Maitland is his name, and it follows the shooting that occurred at the University of Texas, Austin, in uh, August of 1966, about a someone who opened fire from oh, yes. this iconic tower on Charles campus. Charles Whitman. 
Yes. Yeah. There you go. That's Why the shooter's knows? name? That's the yes. shooter's name. Why do you know that off the top of your head? Well, uh, Full Metal Jacket, they referenced that uh, event. Sorry, this is a tangent. I, I don't want to take away from your... But <laughs> no, in Full okay. Metal Jacket, they talk about it during the, the rifle practice scenes. Um, the sergeant starts talking about how Charles Whitman learned how to shoot that way from the Marine Corps. Which is... Yes, which is true. So, the, so Keith Maitland and people working with him... Uh, use rotoscoped animation to recreate the events of this day, which has this really powerful effect of not just having talking heads talk about what happened, not just having survivors reflect on the situation, but actually putting us, the audience, in their shoes on this fateful day. And you really experience the emotions of being on campus while this is happening. Uh, he follows a few people in particular, sharing their stories, and you get to see what happened to them as they grew up. Um, it is a really powerful movie, I think. It, it's just a, a stunningly well-done documentary in, in terms of using animation to put you in the shoes of the people who survived this event, as well as telling you about it and informing you. Um, I, and they even... Maitland takes some liberties. Like, there is uh, one of the victims, she is on campus with her boyfriend, and he is one of the first victims shot and killed. She is also hit, but is only wounded and survives. But... When she is being interviewed and talking about her relationship with her boyfriend, who actually starts dating her after she becomes pregnant, and you know she was ditched by somebody, and he steps in after that fact, and you get to see how wonderful this person was, how touching their relationship and special it was, and get to see it from her point of view as he sort of uses animation to recreate her memories, and, and it's again just a, a really powerfully made film, let alone powerful in message. Like the the use of animation here is unbelievable. So that is Tower. It's a movie I would absolutely recommend. Obviously, it's not you know, really going to put a smile on your face necessarily. Do you know if it's streaming but anywhere? I watched it on Canopy, okay. which mm. is a streaming service that it's a lot of people still get access, to, to access through their local library that, uh, according to my source here, uh, still available there. So definitely check it out. I would, I would definitely consider it underseen. Uh, I think it's... I yeah. just wrote it down. Watch Me Tower. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To me, um, not only one of the best animated movies of the 21st century, perhaps one of the best documentaries, although I'm not really a When did it come out? Of either. 2016. Okay, okay, wow. Wow. Not a minute ago. Yeah. Okay. Christian, your number four. Treasure Planet. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's that's an honorable mention of it, mine. It didn't make my list, but I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it did. I rewatched Treasure Planet. I, I had the VHS of it as a kid. Scott and I recently talked about it. Um, Treasure Planet is so cool because it is it is two D set against this, um, the CGI background. Yeah. And one of the first ever things they do within the movie is have that like speeder chase that he does as he's being chased by the cops. And it's it, a surfboard. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the, 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 the yeah. surfboard. Sail. <laughs> Let's get boat. these things right. It's a surfboard boat. <laughs> With and a sail. There's a sail and on it. Sail on it. <laughs> it flies. And there's a jet engine. Yeah. On the back. Yeah. Jim yes, Hawkins sir. is the blueprint. He is, I he is literally I me. I wish I could say that, you know? Like, I, will, I want to be Jim Hawkins. I, I do, too. I feel like most of us do. Did, do you watch the clip I sent you? No. Do you remember the song, I'm Still Here, playing against the montage of him remembering his dad left Yes, him? makes me cry. Every oh, time. Every it's time. Like, it, it's like the, 
when when Jesse from Toy Story two has that montage mm-hmm. that she's remembering, it, like that. Those are the feelings that I get, and it's it's and honestly, it's a, like an adaptation of, of Treasure Island, and it is like an adaptation the way that I think things should actually be adapted. Yeah, where it's it's incredible, and it's sci-fi in movies is mm-hmm. just so incredibly cool because you can do something you can do something in animation showing all these different aliens that communicate in different ways like the one alien that communicates using farts or the <laughs> one or like the first officer who's just made out of rocks or the um well it's really cool because like it is an adaptation right so mm-hmm. like they made us read treasure island in middle school and i was like well kids back in the day right love treasure island yeah right? but for me i was like this is boring as hell um <laughs> but i'm reading it and i'm like oh my god that's what it's like treasure planet i'm like and I'm connecting <laughs> yeah, the dots and yeah. that. so like that is the only thing that got me through that book you know and it's a spectacular adaptation uh it's a pretty short movie too mm-hmm. um, it is and the book is not um but uh it's a spectacular movie the, the art direction is beautiful it's uh, like so good Every character design, every environment is like oh, gorgeous. Once again, and it's one of those movies that I I know why. They, so Musker and Clements were the directors of these movies, and who also directed um, Aladdin, and they directed what other movie did I like? Little there? Mermaid, Little Mermaid, Great Mouse Detective. Um, and, so nothing I've ever heard of. Yeah, they were trying for <laughs> such a long time to make Treasure Planet, and when they envisioned it, they envisioned this as this being like a launching board to a franchise. And that is like a franchise that I could see because you can see, I don't know, an animated TV show being based off of this. It is such a self-contained story that shows you so much of a world that you do want to live in. And that's something that I love about animation. It's like, look at this cool world that is so incredibly different from what it is that you do in your everyday life. And wouldn't it be cool to be transported and be put into this world just for a moment? And... um, I since I rewatched it, I have not stopped thinking about it. So, Treasure Planet is there. It is, it is my number four, and I'm hoping that maybe one day they go back and do something with this franchise. Doubt it. <laughs> Just yeah. the story, though, of like, like his dad, right? He's missing his dad, but now he has this father figure in in uh, terms of Barbosa or Bar- the cook, the, the cook, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Long John. Long, Long John. John. Yeah, that's yeah. Barbosa. That's from Pirates. No, that's no, Pirates. No, yeah. Bar- no, the isn't there the the guy who put the treasure in the planet? Isn't that Barbosa? No, that's from that, Barbosa is from Cap uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Sure. Yeah. Well, I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. Dang, I know this. Just it's gonna bother it me. It definitely is Pirates. <laughs> but uh, Long John Silver. Okay, that's that. Like, and then he gets his father. Like, he has a father figure now, but then he's evil. Oh my god! Yeah. It's a tragic. It's so tragic, but it's awesome. But and, it's so uh, heartwarming, also, because yeah. like you could tell that he's he's evil. He but he cares for him. cares for him. Sure. Yeah, like yeah. he's got that little sliver of humanity yeah. left, and it's like, oh man, good, so good. Like his so, like because he's a cyborg. Yeah, right? so he's, yeah. He's, he's <laughs> human, bar robot. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Probably my second favorite movie about an evil cyborg father who tries to pull his good-hearted son into the uh, <laughs> to help him. Uh, you know, participate in his villainy, which the, the first one would be Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. But oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Terminator 2. Yeah. Okay. Why third, is it such a third trope? Favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> more, more of a cyborg surrogate father in that one, so it's a little more connected to Treasure I, Planet, I suppose. In my mind, I was thinking Age of Ultron. He adopts those Interesting two. how we're all... No. <laughs> I have no movie to add. <laughs> Elias, hopefully you can uh, talk for more than three seconds this time when you uh-huh. say your number four, yeah. which is... My number four is Coraline. 
Ooh, yes. I love Coraline. Okay. Stop Motion, Henry Selleck. Yes. Um, it's, Games in the Giant Peach. Yes. Can I just yes. shout out one oh, time? Oh, please, yeah, Before please we delve do. into Coraline. Yeah, Coraline yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. I, yeah, that one too. I'm wishy-washy on that one, to be honest. <laughs> wow. I guess I am too. I think the music is the biggest takeaway. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. We're talking about the best movies. <laughs> Coraline. Coraline. I love Coraline. I like that it's one complete story. I like that it's a retelling of Alice in Wonderland. Which is one of my favorite. That never clicked for me. It's one of my. That's that, cool. the, so I have this. I don't know if anybody else has heard of this or thought of this. I, I'm sure someone has. But my brothers and I love watching movies that we call like Lost in Wonderland movies. Like The Matrix would qualify. Like getting sucked from the mundane world into this fantastical, weirdo place, right? Yeah. And it gets really crazy upside down. Um, another one is Time Bandits, if yes. you've ever seen that one. Uh, yeah. Or it's yeah. like. You're in Wonderland suddenly, and everything is so absurd. So Coraline kind of does that too, and I've always loved Alice in Wonderland. So Coraline really clicked with me, and then the it just is a, a gorgeous movie. That stop motion. It's wonderful how you can see um, the imprints of, of people working on the puppets. You know, like you can see that somebody actually touched these objects. To move them around, and it's nuts. Yeah, that process is the most difficult. It's insane. Thing it's in the world. Yeah. It's insane. I haven't seen Coraline, but it's one where I know the people who love it, capital L, love it. Yeah. And so it's been on my watch list for a while. I just have never gotten around. To I it. actually just watched it recently, um, and I'm so there was a lot of hype, right? There, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Coraline, right? The number four best anime. Woo! <laughs> 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 um, but um, and, and uh, but I, it helped it. It's good, you know. I was like, "Wow!" Like, yeah, and, and it is. It's a complete story, right? And mm-hmm. everything. It scared me as a kid. It is scary. It's that's cool. That's the other thing I like about it is it scared me. It it's has like that. gateway horror. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it also, what was I gonna say? It like is it. Everything is on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. because it's this, it's animated in the stop motion way where you have to make these props and you have mm-hmm. to make them like like centimeters big you know yeah. but just every, like I'm on I'm on Coraline TikTok and <laughs> my TikTok is like did you notice this little detail in Coraline which actually means that this and this and this and this and, yeah. and it's like you can really just delve into the movie like that because yeah. they put thought into every single frame and it really is incredible and I never even picked up on the Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. uh, parallel so now I'll have to rewatch it oh you got to it's That's so crazy. good it scared me when I was younger watching it it still is very disturbing to watch I don't want to like. spoil it but I want to ask you yeah. if you think she got out in the end I think she did because I'm an optimist yeah. <laughs> so I can't help I always I, like if I think I was in that situation I, I'd get out so I think she did Wow, so you're Jim Hawkins and you're Coraline. (laughs) (laughs) And based on a book by Neil Gaiman, too, who is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I I Mm -hmm. did read the book before watching the movie. I mean, the book's messed up. The the, the, the movie (laughs) is, too, but it's... What's the animation company? Leica? Leica, yeah. Like, oh, it's it's really incredible. Stop motion, I have such respect for it. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm Mm a big, big fan. Um... I wish I'd thought about James and the Giant Peach. I didn't. That didn't even cross my mind. That it's my a, it's that's another. Not oh, so, century. oh, and oh, there we go. That's we, why. Okay. Yeah. Well. Good. Otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Okay. My number four. Yes. Aloha, Scooby Doo. Oh. <laughs> Is that nobody's number one? <laughs> <laughs> it's nowhere on my list. Actually, uh, I can 
consider my list the Aloha Scooby Doo Memorial list, you know, because it's so high up there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't be yeah, fair yeah. to everything else. Have you guys seen this one? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm I'm sure I have. Yeah. It's when, a Scooby Doo movie. Like Wait. Yeah. Describe it. So okay, it's a directed DVD Scooby Doo movie or VHS or whatever. It came out in 2005, so whatever format they were using at that point. Um, and so basically, Scooby and the gang, they go, it was a, it was this was tough for me. I wanted to include a Scooby Doo movie. Obviously, the one that kind of kickstarted the movement was Cyber Zombie Chase. Island. Zombie Island came out before Cyber Chase, actually. Oh, okay. um, yeah, Zombie Island, which came out, but that's pre-2000s. Mm-hmm. So I did, but I needed to give the nod mm-hmm. to the Scooby-Doo franchise because I do think is some of the, like, it's mysteries, right? It's got this, it's, especially the original 60s show, like, it's just this super, like, um, gothic aesthetic with mm-hmm. just yeah. these, like, psychedelic characters on top of it. Mm-hmm. And it's really well, uh, really well done. Um, Aloha Scooby-Doo, they're in Hawaii, right? So less of the gothic kind of um, vibes, but they do go into, of course, a secret passageway through a volcano. The bad guy is a surfer. Um and, and uh, uh, like a monster surfer though with like I'm red starting to remember eyes. this. Yeah, he's got yeah. he's got like tiki minions. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I know. I know what the box looks like. The yes. Cover. Yes. Now, you with just reminded the, yep. me. He's like surfing. Surfing. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. Yep. And it was a toss up between this, the Monster of Mexico, which is another one of my favorites. That was do. good. So good. Um, uh, smells like my uncle Flacco um, <laughs> is my favorite bit from that one. And then um, the the mo- uh, Loch Ness monster one too. So I remember Loch Ness Monster. Cyber Chase is the one that I remember telling my parents, yeah. I need to go home from school and put on Cartoon Network. I need to make sure I'm here to watch this. I've always Cyber missed Cyber Chase. Every time it was on TV, it was like the end or like somewhere in the middle and I'd have to leave. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we had the VHS for Cyber Chase because that was big. As a kid who loved video games, that was a big one. Like yeah. Scooby-Doo mm. meets video games. Yeah. Uh, I'm all in. But yeah, I was a fan of Zombie Island. Was a fan of I, I think Alien Invasion. I'm pretty or yeah. Al- Scooby-Doo with Alien Invaders. Yes, yeah, yes. I saw that one. And then uh, what's the one with the the goth girl? The band? Hex Girls. Which is Ghost. Hex Girls. Which is Ghost. Yeah, They're not in this one, but yeah. That was another another one that I liked, and I, I sort of fell off the Scooby Doo direct to video movies after that time. So like by the time Aloha Scooby Doo came out, I wasn't watching Scooby-Doo anymore, unfortunately, because Scooby-Doo rules, yeah. as, mm-hmm. as you said. Mm-hmm. It still so does, yeah. I'll have to catch it. And up. they're still putting them out, so I, you know, had to, because it, you know, Scoob, you know, was a misstep, I think, for the franchise, um, <laughs> and I'll go on record, here I am. Um, Very brave of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the anti-Scoob. I love movies, but I hate Scoob. Canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the people at Warner Brothers who canceled Scoob Christmas or whatever. Yeah, no, literally, and crypto. He just had got a movie with crypto, um, whatever. Yeah, but um, Aloha Scooby Doo has a great twist. Um, it, it's got a cool. It was at that time where they were incorporating CGI, right? A lot like mm-hmm. Treasure Planet, and so the Tiki guys look really cool. Like I always think the CGI mixed with uh, 2D looks really spectacular, yeah. even though people hate oh, I on love it. it. I, I love, love it so yeah. much. Yeah, maybe because it, I just watched it all the time as a kid, and so now I'm like, whoa, it looks great, but. Uh, that one, yeah, they go into like a volcano, right? And and the mystery is really good. They eat macadamia nuts, um, which is where I learned about those. And they're phenomenal, especially in like white chocolate macadamia nut cookies are oh, the yeah. best cookies you oh, can yeah. probably eat oh, ever. The best. Yeah. Agreed. And 
Yeah, it, it's just a really good one. It's a really good uh, movie. I haven't seen it in a hot minute, but I'll need to rewatch it, I think. So hopefully it holds up. <laughs> but I think it does. We'll and... bring you on next week for a retraction. Yeah, if I need it. Yeah, I'll let you guys know. Yeah, but I, should, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. It's, it's uh, yeah, really solid. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. And all the all of those Scooby-Doo movies are just phenomenal. I'm a big Scooby-Doo fan, so had to shout them out. Speaking of great animated franchises, Toy Story 3 is back, folks. Uh... My number three, Henry's number five. Okay. Is it on Christian Elias? Near your lists? It's not on my no. territory? It might be honorable mention. I think it's in the top 10. Okay. Yeah. So, Toy Story 3, for folks who do not recall, follows the toys. Best being picture nominated. Best Toy Story 3. Picture mm. nominated. Features the toys being dropped off at a daycare center because Andy has grown up and is going off to college. And they have to figure out a way to get back to him because they do not understand what's going on. It must be traumatic for them. And of course, they run into Lotso Huggin' Bear, voiced by the late Ned Beatty, who becomes one of the great Pixar villains we come to realize. Toy Story 3 is this high for me, just because it's a special movie for, for me. Um, the, the franchise is one of my favorites. Uh, the Toy Story movies are ones that I watched a lot as a kid. And I love the original. I love Toy Story 2, but Toy Story 3 just hits me in that, that like personal spot, partially because... While I was not going off to college in 2010 like Andy was, I still was growing up. And I was going through that process of no longer playing with toys that I used to play with anymore. I mean, by this time I was 15, so we were past that. But uh, no longer playing with toys that I used to play with. No longer liking some movies or TV shows that I liked a lot when I was a kid. And Toy Story has always had a special place in my heart. I didn't quite set it down, so to speak. But, you know, it had that nostalgic feeling. Uh, Very... Famously, I, I, I would tell the story when people would kind of talk about what was the movie that first made you cry. Mm. It was almost Toy Story 3 for me, but I was a loser who wanted to like not cry in a movie because that was lame or whatever. So I got teary-eyed and then held them back instead of no. crying in the theater. And then the first movie that made me cry was the live-action Beauty and the Beast with Emma Watson. Mm. So I kind of regret that. I wish I could go back in time and just <laughs> shake my you know, lame teenage self. Just cry at Toy Story 3, bro. I think if your eyes teared up, it counts. So you might be able to get away yeah, with it. Yeah, let's say Toy Story 3 instead. <laughs> <laughs> Elias, you're, you're, you're putting in the work right now that my therapist couldn't do, man. <laughs> Henry, why is Toy Story 3 on your list? Well, it made me cry. That's hey, for sure. There we go. Uh, me and my mom were next to each other sobbing in a the theater. I was 10 in 2010, maybe 11. So that's maybe the difference, right? I wasn't in that phase where I was like, I'm too cool to cry. Um, no, me and my mom were like next to each other, and my sister saw it. My sisters did not cry. And I was like, you guys are heartless. <laughs> um, yeah, the Toy Story franchise, right? So, I mean, when did, so I would have I would have put Toy Story 1 or even 2 on this list, right? 1 is 95, 2 is 99. 99, yeah. So, 3 is the first one in the 21st. So, it, like, Toy Story 1 changed the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, animated movies were never the same after that. Yeah. And uh, that's... Pr- the, I mean, so it had to get a shout out, right? Toy Story Four, I think, um, is is like um, poop, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not excited Toy for Story Toy Story Five. Fan club. <laughs> sorry, sorry, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> I, I, I just, it, it, I think the franchise should have ended with three. And when, whenever I think some, whenever I feel like something should have ended, I think it's perfect, right? Like Stranger Things season one, you know, I think is one of those perfect pieces of media where mm-hmm. I could have been like, stop here, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Granted, I'm glad they kind of kept going with Stranger Things, but they didn't need to, right? And mm-hmm. I think.
think it still would be considered like a Halloween classic or even to this day. Um, Toy Story 3 is, yes. It's Stranger a, Things season one, that's not a cliffhanger. <laughs> what, because he throws up at the end? And, and bugs come out, yeah. Nah. Just leave it as like a <laughs> like a Jason's back kind of thing. Yeah, yeah that yeah. doesn't it doesn't have to continue. All right. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's cool. <laughs> um, it's not like they knew what they were gonna do. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm positive they had no idea what they were gonna do with that. They didn't. Yeah. No. When they made that, so yeah, <laughs> I don't think it counts as a cliffhanger. Um, but yeah, Toy Story three, right? Is super emotional, right? Is is this? It's like these just beloved movies, um, and you get kind of like this sense. Off. Yeah, it happens like a decade after the last, or over a decade after the last one came out, and you get to pick up with these characters you've known and love, and for our cases, right, grew up with, and so that's really uh, kind of cool. Um, and it they puts them in a new environment, and you're a little scared, right? You're like, what's going on? What's this daycare center like? Man, Andy, what an asshole! Um, <laughs> but he's like, you know, at the end of the day, right? He's just grown up. He doesn't know these are sentient, sentient toys <laughs> uh, like we do. So, and, you know, the, the ending is just awesome where they get a new home. Um, and, yeah, I think it should have ended, uh, honestly. I mean, even the structure, when they get to the daycare, it kind of takes on the, this sort of escape-style movie where mm-hmm. you have these older classic movies set about, like, POWs trying to escape a prison, prisoner of war camp or mm-hmm. prisoners trying to break out of jail. Like, that is sort of where they go with this movie in the middle section as once they get to the daycare and try to get back to Andy which is just a totally fun narrative style to take for your animated family movie where Mm -hmm. yeah the kids in the audience are not going to make any connections but it's this very classical type of narrative and it's fun to watch and then you grow up and you start watching these other types of movies like Prison Break style stuff and you realize hey wait a second Oh, it's that's... like when they were trying to get out, but the monkey was watching the security <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the nice. best thing ever. Yeah, I I love that aspect of it. That like you watch it as a as a young kid, and you're like, oh, it's about toys, you know, stuck at a daycare center. You get older, and if you still love movies, you're gonna explore more that are like older than you. So you watch The Great Escape, or you know, Escape from Alcatraz, stuff like that, and you're like, oh. This is Toy Story three. <laughs> it's just like uh, like the when I watched Bugs Life all the time growing up, and then I got older. I took a film class and they told me to watch um, Seven Samurai, and I was like, "This is Bugs Life." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to Lee Unkrich who directed Toy Story three. Also directed Coco, which is another one I think of Pixar's best for. That's on my list. Memory. Oh, that's yep. That's Plot number choice. two Whoa. for me. Oh, we'll get there. I think that's number seven for me, Coco. Um, okay, the... Well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> number three, though, Christian, um, for you. Before that, I'm, I'm going to say maybe I was already primed to... I, I like Barbie that came out this year. The Barbie and Ken stuff that was going on in Toy Story 3, though, mm. out of this world. Yeah. Michael, <laughs> Michael Keaton world. as Ken, by the Michael way. Michael Keaton yeah. as Ken. <laughs> and Jody Benson, who's the voice of Ariel, yeah, is Little the voice Weird. of Barbie. Spectacular. Oh, Spectacular. Great. great. Wait, wait. When they see um oh when when Ken when Barbie dresses up as Ken dressing up as a spaceman <laughs> in order to like, steal some some um some papers or, or whatever and she she as she walks away they notice that she uh, the high heels and they just go well I guess Ken's trying something new now <laughs> <laughs> um okay my number three I'm curious to see who else has seen this movie if anyone my number three is weathering with you. 
mm. which is Makoto Shinkai, who is the uh, person who, he, he's the man who directed Your Name, if you all have heard of Your Name. Now, Weathering With You is... Is it Weathering or Weathering? Weathering. Weathering, gotcha. Weathering With You, Japanese-style animation, um, came out in 2019 in Japan, came out in the U.S. in 2020. It is about a um, first-year high school student who runs away from home and moves to Tokyo. He is... Um, from where? From another... It's another Japanese island. Copy. Um, and then uh, his name is Hodaka, and he meets a third-year middle school student named Hina, who is there with her younger brother. Their mom has died, and because she's scared that they're going to take her younger brother away, she starts to get some odd jobs. Um, Hodaka gets a job working for a journalist, trying to discover odd things going on, meets Hina, and he discovers that Hina is someone who can make the sun shine in a Japan that has been constantly overrun by rain. Hmm. And uh, so she, in uh, the mythology that this, um, based partially on Japanese mythology, based partially just on what they were making up, the, she is a concept known as a weather girl, where uh, the more that she can make the sun shine as opposed to all of this, the more that um, it, she is actually being positioned to be a living sacrifice to save Japan from being completely flooded. And this is all while social services is after her and social services is after him for running away from home. Um, it's incredible. It is, it is some of the most beautiful, beautiful animation, but apart from that, it's just the way in which they even animate the rain and people going to it, people honestly being taken up into the air in these massive wind currents, and it lets you see how small everything is below. And it's almost like this use of animation to tell you how small people are, and yet despite how small they are, how important they are. That is one of the crucial themes to the movie. And then at the end, when it comes to kind of a decision of what should be the fate, should we allow this third year middle school student to be sacrificed so that the rest of Japan can live? Yes. Um, <laughs> they make a decision. Wow. And the way in which they get to it, that decision, I think really spits at traditional storytelling choices. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, this director, Makoto Shinka, actually had a movie that came out this year called Suzume. Have you seen Suzume yet? No, I really want to because I still have not seen Weathering With You, but I did watch Your Name for the first time yeah. earlier this year and it blew me away. So I've been wanting to see Weathering With You and I wanted to check out Suzume, but I watched Your Name well after it was out of theaters, so I'm just, I'm just keeping an eye on some streaming services. Hopefully I can catch it there, but we'll see. I mean, I have the Steelbook. For Suzume? No, for Weathering With You. Oh, well, Weathering With You is actually on Max okay. right now. So, streamable <laughs> if people want to check it out. Um, and the, the... So, keep your steel book to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, look, Suzume is about a woman who ends up discovering this dude that she thinks is really cute, who ends up needing to close a portal to a different world, otherwise a massive worm is going to eat up Japan, Been and there. then this man ends up being turned <laughs> into a chair. Oh. oh, did you just spoil it? Or? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the first, like, ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> okay, crazy. <laughs> like, these concepts that this man comes up with are incredible. That is crazy, yeah. Um, That's cool. That is Weathering With You. That is my number three. I think it's perfect. Added to my list. Yeah. It's uh, already added. What is... Wait, that was my number three. What is your number three? My number three is Into the Spider-Verse. 
Wow. Oh. That's tied with my number one. <laughs> That's your number one? Yeah, Into and Across, I think, are tied for number oh, okay. one. I don't know okay. if that was allowed, but I had to do it. Technically, it's one story, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We can do a big, a big old Spider-Verse chat. Later. Yeah, we'll talk about it, yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. Then my number three, or three, right? Yeah. Is Shrek. Yeah, there we Yay. go. We're back. Nice. Let's nice. talk nice. about Shrek. Hey, okay. now you're an all star. Mm-hmm. Get your game on. Oh. Talk about Shrek. Rest in peace. Yeah. Pour one out. Pour one out. He was a Nazi. What? Oh, the lead singer of Smash Mouth? Was a Nazi, yeah. He hailed what? Hit- well, he was an alcoholic at least, and he hailed Hitler on stage. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Folks, uh, don't meet your heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk about Shrek. If you see any Smash Mouth on any of my Spotify playlists, I did not know that. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's a like Smash Mouth. Um, unless you didn't like them until after you learned they were Nazi. <laughs> then it's not cool. But um, that, regardless, Shrek is a great movie. Um, I mean, talk about groundbreaking. Incredible exactly. to drop that right after saying Shrek <laughs> is our number three choice. Well, I mean, you know, don't hate the or player, number hate the game. Three. Yeah, for um, Shrek, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, you don't have movie. You don't. You, you would not have a pop song in the middle of Klaus if it was wasn't for Shrek. Uh-huh. You know, you would not have Over the Hedge. You would not have Back to the Barnyard. Hoodwink. <laughs> flushed Away. Happy Feet. This is okay. Shrek's influence. Real question. Have any of you seen Nimona, which came out earlier this year? No. Wait. I know what you're talking about. I, I have not watched it. Nimona. It is it's another Netflix original. She can shapeshift. It, oh, I started it. I didn't finish. Ah, you should. It's, it's so great. embarrassing. But I it's, know. It, it, it's set in this science fantasy world. Like, they're, they're knights and they wear armor and have swords, but everybody else has a cell phone and they're driving around in cars and stuff. Like, it has this really cool feeling and it feels like an updated world from Shrek. It, it is adapted mm. from uh, a graphic novel by the writer N.D. Stevenson, who also worked on the movie, but... Still, it, you can tell it is in the lineage of Shrek, playing with this fantasy world mm-hmm. that has modern ideas You probably ideas wouldn't and have jokes enchanted. And exactly, yeah. And it's making fun of Disney, right? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, big yeah. time. Uh, it, it's these old Disney execs who, like, left Disney and are now, like, you know, taking the piss out on their yeah. former bosses, <laughs> you know? And it works perfectly. Um, Mike Myers, you know, doing the Scottish accent. Eddie Murphy, you know, peak donkey. Yeah. Even, like, we just got Puss in Boots, like, earlier, like, or yeah. what, last year? And it's one of the best 22? animated features of recent. Exactly, it- right? <laughs> it's still, and Trek 5 is coming out soon. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, it really is perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a love story, which I think love is probably... Um, when you're making art about love, it's it, it's the best kind of art you can make, right? Mm-hmm. Because love is just like one of the best things that can happen here on planet Earth, mm-hmm. and, um, and and it's a great message too, right? You know, it's it's you know it's not about looks, it's 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 you know about everything else. So, yeah, truly, I mean, everyone's seen Shrek, right? The, uh, Agreed. Yeah. yeah, that's that's like part of my the reason like well the way i made this list was like things that were influential to me personally but also i was trying to think like to the rest of the world and stuff shrek everybody knows shrek everybody because here's a, it's it's for it's 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 like geared towards kids right mm-hmm. but it has these adult jokes or like you know shrek shrek says ass at one point you mm-hmm. know when he's talking about donkey right <laughs> yeah. like it 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 it, it just it's it's for kids, but adults find humor in it too. Yeah. And 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 it's also like uh, there are people who think Shrek is bad and who joke about Shrek, but 
I, I mean, to to me as a kid who loved it and still enjoys it, that that whole like telling jokes for adults, it's one of the ways where that is actually done well and not annoyingly. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Which so many movies try to take that like the tone from Shrek and it just doesn't work. Yeah. The I, I like the part when the bird is trying to match pitch and <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which, so again, good. specifically references, like, Disney princess yeah. movies where they mm-hmm. sing with the animals. And in this one, Princess Fiona unintentionally I, kills one. <laughs> I, but then has food. But then Eggs. has food. Yay. It's so good. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. Okay. I re- I, when, I was a, when I was a teacher, I put it on for my students one day. I don't know. I think I was just tired. I, when I rewatched Shrek... Oh, Christian, by the way, Christian she was not, a high school math teacher. Do not hire her. Oh, okay. She has to be a teacher. <laughs> He's just going to play Shrek every day. <laughs> I, I, okay, I was trying to be a good teacher, and so I asked my students, what do you guys want to watch? I would have loved you. This animated movie, this animated movie, and the number one thing everyone always asks for was Shrek. And, and just, he is such a cultural icon. Yeah, even mm-hmm. the Shrek is love, Shrek is life. No, 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 even how no, cr- no. dumb and, and <laughs> it, you know, it's it, it's like gross, right? Whatever. But it also became like this meme, right? Yeah. Which blew up. Shrek the Musical, right? I you know, I, I, you you found the one and only fan of Shrek the Musical. I like it. No, it's a great musical. Right. People, there's all, there are also Shrek expos. There are Shrek expos that take place once a year. I think there's one. There, yeah. That okay. You know what? Oh, there is a the Shrek, Shrek Expo. Or I think they maybe they do. They stupid. <laughs> I feel like they do. They better. Um, I once had there's... a friend who told me that he was going to a Shrek rave where they just uh, yeah. yeah no. They, I they... love it, dude. I love it. Um, I think there was a. I think chocolate syrup was green when Shrek Two came out. <laughs> I believe. I seriously. I think I remember that. Yeah, everything was green. <laughs> yeah. Everything was green. I had the the kid the kids uh, kids cuisine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 and the icing was green, and everything was green. Oh my god! Here are my two things on track. Um, when I rewatched the movie with my students, I the animation is very dated to me. I Fine. don't know. Okay. Okay, it came out. Well, it came out yeah. when it came out. So, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Two thousand and one. Yeah. If you look at Toy Story versus Toy Story three, it's yeah. a night and day difference. Treasure yeah. Planet holds up animation wise for me. Well, there's lots of two D traditional animation I mean, here's, in there, which two D is better. Drastically different. <laughs> Who said that? Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother Elias. Um, couldn't be Disney. Uh, I also kind of think Shrek two is better. I do think Shrek two is. Uh, I don't know. If I, I don't know if say I could it. say it's better. I don't know if I could say it's better. I think it's one of the best sequels ever made. You don't get Shrek two without Shrek one. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's why. That's <laughs> why I can't say it's better. Time in three weeks, someone has told me that. <laughs> <laughs> that is about Shrek. <laughs> I almost agreed with you, but then I realized, yeah, without Shrek, we wouldn't no, have Shrek two. I don't. I don't believe that because we wouldn't have. Uh, the 19th century without fire. So then does fire need to be on my list? Yes, we would. Well, I mean, we would have the 19th century without fire. Century, the 17th century. Every century is going way back to however many BC. I just, I, no, I, I, I like Fire that. is really cool. Exactly. I think fire was always there. It's never going to go anywhere. I like, I don't know. I like groundbreaking, but I, 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 
Who's next? <laughs> Shrek the Third fans out there? I, I, yes. I like Shrek the Third. I think Shrek, Shrek the, the Third is, is okay. Underrated. But Shrek the Fourth can nah, fuck I, itself. Nah, like, <laughs> gra- be ground into oblivion and be scattered to the wind. I hate Ooh. Shrek 4. Is that the I, one with Rumpelstiltskin? Yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, I don't know if we've ever put the, uh, put the explicit tag in any of our episodes, <laughs> but now we may have to. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> God, it's his fault. <laughs> should I should I believe or should I just put the E? Um just put I don't know, put the E, I suppose. Alright, we'll put the E. Why okay. Not? My um uh, my number two <laughs> as we we, number two's now. Yeah, okay, cool. As we number two. the list is oh, wow. also from two thousand one, but it's very different. And it is Millennium Actress. Uh never seen it. No, no, no. What, what I what is that movie? You're, gonna, you're about to get learned, Christian. It is Let's play it right now. by We Should. By Satoshi <laughs> Kung. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Paprika. Paprika, Perfect Blue, and Tokyo Godfathers are his uh, his four movies that he made. In addition to Millennium Actress, I watched all of his movies over the last couple of years, and he immediately became one of my favorite filmmakers. Died he way too young. Died way too young. Uh, he, he had cancer and passed away Damn. Um, uh, quite a few years ago at this point. But his movies are phenomenal. If you love animation, watch them, of course. But also, if you if you like twisty psychological movies all of his mm-hmm. movies tend to play mm-hmm. in that realm um, Tokyo Godfathers a little bit different also a Christmas movie but uh, Perfect Blue Millennium Actress and Paprika all play with a blending of fiction and reality are you reality. saying actress or mattress Millennium Actress okay, okay. yes Millennium Mattress uh, and like <laughs> in, for example Inception was criticized because of its similarities to Paprika like yeah. people felt that it lifted directly from that mm. movie I hate when filmmakers do that yeah, well. I just watched. <laughs> I watched Paprika today to prepare serious? for this. Let's, First time viewing. Let's yep. get on your list. That's fantastic. It's it's an honorable mention. Damn, so you watched it for nothing. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been on my list if not for Millennium Actress, which I think just barely edges it out. So, Millennium Actress follows a television interviewer and his uh, cameraman who track down and find this woman who is a retired actress. She retired a long time ago, but the studio she worked for is shutting down, so they're trying to do this like retrospective documentary about the heyday of the studio and of her career. Sounds like Sunset Boulevard. Well, <laughs> it's Uh-oh. a little different. <laughs> um, and as they they find her, and they, and they also present her with this key that they found at the studio, and they figure, like, there's, I forget how, but... It is said that it's belonged to her, and they find it, and so they take it back to her as a way of like, "Hey, we found this for you. Will you do the interview with us?" And did unlock. Uh, well, we come to find out because she starts telling the story of her life and relating to them in this documentary. But as she's going about it, we start seeing scenes from the movies that she's in blending freely with the memories of her life, and the documentary documentarian and his cameraman start showing up in both her memories and these imagined scenes of the movies that she's in. It sounds like everything ever all at once. Now, sounds like Citizen things. Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen that movie where Tom Hanks plays a dad who died in 9-11 and his kid finds a key in his closet? Oh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I, I'm being serious about like everything ever all at once, though, because she like they cut in the parts of her from the other universes. Yes, so that, that that's fair. Uh, there's no multiverse here, unfortunately. Just beautiful memory. But... <laughs> unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately. No, I'm over the multiverse. Me too. Yeah. yeah. So, 
I, I just really grew to love uh, Satoshi Kon's movies as I was watching them. And Millennium Actress, the reason I picked it over Paprika, which I almost chose, I think Paprika gets an edge on just pure filmmaking. Mm-hmm. The way that they jump between dreams and reality and dreams and reality and, and dreams within dreams and everything in that movie is utterly insane. And the fact that they pulled it off is unbelievable. But in Millennium Actress, you also have emotional heft, especially as we learn where the key comes from mm-hmm. and why it's so important to her. Um, they're like, I basically... I. You can look at my letterbox review for this if you want. I was like emotionally devastated, just kind of randomly on a Tuesday because I watched this movie. <laughs> the ending really packs a punch once you learn so much more about Chiyoko, this actress, and her life's story. Um, it is such a beautifully done movie with all of the like insane, super fun f- blending uh, these memories and movie scenes and real life, and, like blending it all together. If you jump on the wavelength and are willing to ride with what they're doing in the movie and don't kind of start nitpicking about reality or whatever, it, it is, uh, yeah, just an incredible movie to watch. So I recommend cool. all of Satoshi Kim's movies, but this is my pick as my number one, slightly it's, over Paprika. I looked it up. It's available on Tubi, Canopy, Hoopla, all of the free places. Yeah, if you can, <laughs> if you can find it there, I strongly recommend it. Get emotionally devastated on a Tuesday, folks. It's great. <laughs> all right. My number two. It's the only movie I rewatched to see if it would make the list. So you're number two. The Incredibles. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I, I That's in my top three Pixar films. The Incredibles... Okay, guys. Incred- written and directed by Brad Bird. Brad Bird. <laughs> guys, The Incredibles rules. Like, it's yeah. about a family of superheroes. It starts off with something in a three-four aspect ratio as they're doing interviews about how difficult it is to save anything. Then you meet Mr. Mm-hmm. Incredible as he's going over to... To, to get married, but in between, he feels like it is his duty to do everything from help a grandma get her cat to stopping a robbery, to stopping a man from committing suicide, to um, <laughs> stopping a, a to stopping a bank robbery, and all of those are things that he feels like he should be taking on, and yet all of those have repercussions because he doesn't know what the balance is between having a personal life and actually having a family, and then within that, you meet... His wife, uh, Helen, you you meet Elastigirl, you meet the two kids, and you see how all of it, they are trying to decide what actual aspect of themselves they should be being truthful to, while everything else is making life way more confusing. Everything from Dash being so incredibly vast that he can't compete in sports because it would be unfair to Violet, who wants to be a boy, uh, to wants to date this dude. Um, to, uh, <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's, it's so, the, the, um, the animation is beautiful in this noir setting. The use of shadows within the CGI is incredible. The the um, oh man, when they're on the island and the four of them finally end up there together, uh-huh. and and uh, they do the thing where they're um, Dash is making like a smoke cloud and and Violet is putting up force fields to stop the bullets, and then Elastic Girl um, gets the two guys that are on the ground while Mister Incredible gets the the two flying on the saucer things. And then, oh man, Edna, who is one of the greatest supporting <laughs> actors in an animated movie ever. And it is devastating. It is a family drama as well because Helen keeps thinking that Bob is cheating on her. <laughs> Which is so, like, why drop that in your family children's movie? Like, on reflection, and just an incredible narrative mm-hmm. flex to be like, yeah, we're going to put this, like, well, infidelity possibility into this movie. Even Very in the 1950s. Yeah. And when he saves a guy from killing himself and then he sues him, you know, it's yeah. like it, it's a very like there there's some big topics, you know, Crazy that they just stuff. throw in. 
Um, and I always okay. I love The Incredibles. Obviously, obviously, it's a great movie. Even just hearing your your uh, praise about it just now made me go, "Dang, wow, that's such a great movie." Mm-hmm. But one time in first grade, they did a poll on who the best superhero was, and Dash won over Spider Man. Whoa! So, <laughs> so I've always had a um, uh, gripe because of that. Um, but no, it really is a, just a fantastic movie, and it really makes you wonder why they can't do a fantastic Fantastic Four movie because it's like you can do it obviously yeah. right the, the Incredibles it's like it's it's a per- and again it's a family film right it's not for kids it's for everybody um, you have these darker topics mm-hmm. but it is just phenomenal and literally everything comes back right even just from the villain right the syndrome and yeah e- Samuel Jackson's Frozen oh my god there is my super suit I was rewatching. I'm like yeah it's the scene there's, there's so many quotable lines yeah. in that movie I like when uh, Syndrome's like you got me monologuing yeah. <laughs> and the whole time we've been talking about this movie I've had that actually brings up the music is so iconic it's Michael Giacchino yeah yeah and oh that, you know what? No if idea. you think about it, it is very, very close to the James Bond song. There's like one extra. I'm not a music guy, so I don't know. But note, I'm guessing. Sure. Da-da, da-da, da-da. Yeah. That is like da 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 da. You know, from yeah. James Bond. Yeah. Um, it's a one of heavy James Bond influence. Totally. Super yeah. aesthetic. Especially. Just watch. Yeah. Just watch. You only live twice. You, there you it's go. the best. That's a good one. One of my wildest takes is that I love The Incredibles, but love Incredibles 2 more. Um, partially due to the fact... No. What? That is a no. wild take. No. Which people put Incredibles 2 on, like, bottom of Pixar ranked lists, and I'm like, come on, man, Pixar, Incredibles 2 rules. No. But I also, I saw Incredibles 2 out here in L.A. before I moved here. I was visiting my girlfriend at the time, now my wife. Um, hey. we, yeah. I thought that you were. I thought that was gonna go a lot worse. <laughs> my girlfriend at the time hate that. <laughs> she left me for Dash. No. Um, but we saw it near in one of the theaters near UCLA and in Westwood out here in Los Angeles. There's these two amazing single screen theaters, and obviously college students go there. And UCLA students who are incredibly stressed know how to have a great time at the movies because their life is miserable otherwise. And so watching Incredibles 2 with a really raucous crowd of college students who obviously grew up on Incredibles like I did was a really excellent experience. I'd love to rewatch both of those movies because Mm -hmm. I might realize that I'm insane for that take. Yeah, rewatch it on Disney Plus and you'll be like, oh no. (laughs) It's it's just Incredibles 1 but worse. It's not, Incredibles 2 isn't bad. It's not like Shrek 4. Shrek 4 is awful. But Incredibles <laughs> 2 is, is has so many good things to it. Yeah, it, well, some. There's some good things. There's some good things. <laughs> I wouldn't say so many. It, it's, 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 they, they were like, oh, this worked in the first one. Let's just do it again. But I would, here's what they need to do. They need to do a, like a time jump. They can't just yeah. do a direct continuation, which is what they were trying. Mm-hmm. But, and I'm in if they do Incredibles 3, though. Well, they, the kids should be older, I think. Yeah. The adults should be older. I want to like jack that. Jump. Like, <laughs> their, their voices sound like you could tell. Like Bob, right, is so old. I like, know. If yeah. you watch one and then two, it's like 
It's like, yeah, very obviously because of their voices, mm-hmm. like 10 years have passed. Well, and, like, make him an old man. Make Violet a grown-up. She's got, like, a husband. And, and the Underminer, dude? Someone. That did not pay off at <laughs> all. all. He not gets away. Not Are you kidding me? The Underminer? Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> they made a whole video game about this, folks. Incredibles Rise of the Underminer. Okay, the Incredibles you can go play that video game on PS2 is, incre- is wonderful. It's, a good it's one. so good. It's, it's a good so one. good. It's... The Incredicoaster at Disneyland is phenomenal. I love that. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Incredibles right. is made to be franchised. Uh, well, well, they they crapped the bed with that one, you might say, because I, here we are. We we just praised Rise of the Underminer, the first Incredibles well, game. Well, I did not. Where's the franchise? I did not praise Rise of the Underminer. <laughs> <laughs> I said it exists. It's playable. <laughs> it's there. It's uh, there. Yeah, I mean, in a way, I'm also glad. That it didn't get franchised because we see things like Shrek get like beaten into the ground and every mm-hmm. idea is stripped mine from it until it is miserable and sad yeah. and gross. Whereas with The Incredibles, like that movie stands on its own, and we do have Incredibles too, which some of us think is a good movie. <laughs> and you have like this one truly great movie and another some people love obviously, but like another good one. Uh, and instead, it could have gone where we get all these Incredibles movies, but then you have diminishing returns and. You get Incredibles to move around, two like, made 1.2 billion. You're not right, it did. 2019, crazy time to be alive. Uh, Whoa, Elias. <laughs> yes. Your number two. My number two is Spirited Away. Uh, it's my number that, one. That's Woo! it's my number yeah. six. Let's it, go. Honorable mention. For I, sure. it, yeah. I felt bad leaving it out. I I I, I felt bad. Do you have it on your list, Henry? Honorable mention. Honorable <clears throat> mention. I just watched it recently. I didn't grow up with it, which oh, I think might have. That's it. it. A little bit. That's it. Yeah, yeah that's because I grew up watching it. Um, so it, it it is my number one. But I want you to talk about. Oh wait, yeah, I don't. I don't want to. We will skip yeah. me when it comes time to number okay. ones. I, I just want to talk about it now. It's, oh, you want to talk about it? No, now? you talk about it. Go oh, for it. okay. Well, yeah, I grew up on it. Okay. So I have that nostalgic feeling to it. It once again is a Alice in Wonderland story. That's like one of my favorite things ever. Is when somebody falls into an absurd world and has to like. It's like a um, what do you call it? You you learn about yourself, you grow, you know that sort of thing. Coming of age, coming of age. yes, yeah. coming of age. Story. <laughs> uh, it's one of learn those. Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all with like absurd imagery. It's, it's amazing. I it, love it that. It is kind of a crazy movie. It's so whimsical. It's like, mm-hmm. and now this is happening. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know why this is happening, but it works. And it it's works. awesome. It doesn't really have a plot. Right. It's, it's just like scene to scene. Mm-hmm. And it's really dark. Like, you come yeah. back to see that your parents, out of their gluttony, have turned into pigs. Which was disgusting. <laughs> and horrifying. Yeah. It's um, so scary. It yeah. is very scary. And... Uh, it's also though like you keep rooting for this girl to discover the magic mm-hmm. to like discover what it is the magic that would turn the magic but you're also in for the ride totally mm-hmm. oh man it's yeah by the <clears throat> end when she's like uh, like she's like I've always wanted to go back home like this whole thing is about going back home but like mm, this place is kind of cool like I kind of want to stick around and it's like I feel the same way I'm like yeah. I, I kind of want to see more of this world but also like go home like you don't belong here mm. it was just what a good story. Yeah, it, I mean, it. part of the reason it's so good, too, is, as we've been talking about, Hayao Miyazaki directed this, and it has these deeply rooted themes where you're a kid, you can miss all of it and still have an incredible time watching this movie, but as you grow up and you see more movies, as you read more books and just get more stories in you and learn how to analyze them, 
Spirited Away is a deep, deep movie. And as Miyazaki makes it, there's something very clear about gluttony and about engaging with good things otherwise, but taking advantage of them and losing yourself because of it. You have the parents who steal this food that's not theirs and get literally turned into pigs. Mm. Well, literally in quotation marks, but maybe. <laughs> uh, but you also have the character of No-Face, who is the mo- maybe the most iconic character from the movie. Yeah. Who... Is that the dude who's like a black smoke with the mask? Yeah, yeah yes. the big yeah. black blob yeah. with a big mask who has this big scene where he starts eating everything that they're bringing to him. He's this fancy guest at this uh, spa in the spirit world that Chihiro, the main girl, ends up at. And he start, like he grows so big and enormous from all this overeating, and he starts eating the people who work there, and there, and then everyone, of course, is freaking out. And we get to see No Face not only return to his normal state after his uh, his gluttony is saved, and this specifically, like a forest spirit is rescued from him. Uh, so again, engaging with the spiritual world is a constant theme in uh, Miyazaki's work. But mm-hmm. we also get to see him literally be cute by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Or like they go on this train ride to visit someone. He gets a little piece of cake and just gets to eat. And when, when they're on the train, yeah. that's like an image cemented in my head. It's, yeah. it's so absurd because he's like following her into the train like just yeah. slowly and sits next to her. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous just, like, how tall he is compared to her, how, like, weird he looks compared to her, and yet they're both in the same train going to the same destination. They just took different paths to get there, which is wonderful. I But this is definitely a movie where I remember scenes and images more so than I remember what is going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the character designs are indelible. Like, this visual creativity yeah. off the charts. Uh, the little dust mites are hilariously cute but I mean they are also like frequent uh, maybe not frequent but reused characters because they show up in uh, My Neighbor Totoro first and they recur here in Spirited Away a couple of years later but you also have Kamaji this big spidery guy with a big mustache oil man Haku turns into a dragon pretty Mm -hmm. sick you know (laughs) like uh, the the witch um I'm forgetting her, her second name because she has uh, plays this witch and her sister Zaniba Yubaba the... and Zaniba yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, they're just like so many wonderful Who's characters the good witch? was it Zaniba yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. so many wonderful characters in like visual creativity off the charge a deep story that kids can enjoy and grown-ups can also get like get something from mm-hmm. um, yeah it's just an absolutely unbelievable movie and is a gateway uh, you know we talk about gateway movies like Coraline gateway horror like Spirited Away is mm-hmm. a gateway for a lot of people into Japanese animation, like mm-hmm. into anime and the whole world of animated movies around the world, which certainly was for me. It was one of, I, I think, one of the first non-American animated films that I ever saw. So, big favorite of mine. Agreed. Played on Cartoon yeah. Network a lot. That's where I first saw yeah. it. I first watched it on Cartoon Network. Uh, and so... Right after Aloha Scooby-Doo. But yeah, I, I'm so glad we got to talk about it. I was hoping it would come up. So yeah. my number one, happy to talk about it now. Elias's number two. I watched it. So I watched it recently. I was on a date with somebody, and at the end of the movie, they said, "So why didn't you try to kiss me?" Oh. <laughs> I was like, "Bro, I was watching Spirited Away." <laughs> Sorry. We are not going on another date. You clearly have your priorities. <laughs> See you around. That if that alone doesn't tell you that it was a good movie. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right, Henry, your number two. Coco. That's right. The best Disney movie of all time, in my Pixar. opinion, is Pixar falls under Disney. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it, it, it trumps every Disney movie that uh, you could name. Um, 
Yeah, because wow. it's that good. Uh, Coco, I saw it, I think, three or four times in the theater. Uh, after the first time I saw it, I said, okay, I need to bring my whole family to watch this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, because it is, it's such a family-oriented movie. And, you know, it's also, you know, you have this uh, voice of, of, you know, it's it's like, it's um like me growing up in uh, whatever suburban Pennsylvania as like a uh, white kid you know you do you get this um, new perspective on on death on Halloween even you know with uh, Dios de los Muertos mm-hmm. um, and really uh, just a phenomenal film super emotional but like beautiful you know it, it like turns it into it's like yes death is a thing right it, we're all affected by it but it turns it into like it's not the end of the road, right? Until it is, and, and everyone forgets you. But, uh, you know, there, there are ways to avoid that, right? Um, so really just, a, yeah, like, phenomenal, phenomenal film. Um, the music is all spectacular, right? There's, uh, there's every song in that is a bop. Um, Miguel, right, is the main character. Yep. Just uh, one of the greats. And, um, and the twist in the movie, right? I'm a big fan of twists, and... It's, uh, yeah, it's perfect in every way. And, yeah. The, one of the end moments of the movie, there's a, the song everybody knows from Coco is Remember Me, which mm. I'm sure people yeah. might have heard that without yeah. even seeing the movie. Uh, but they, TikTok sound. Yes. And, and there's a <laughs> recurrence of the song later on, later on in the movie, uh, which if you don't openly sob while mm-hmm. this uh, song returns, you might need, like, you might have a problem and need to go see someone <laughs> about that. It is I, a, it is a, gut punch uh, and it's just a testament to how well done the movie is that the ending grabs you the way that it does it's yeah great great movie I have a story okay Um, I went to Northwestern University every single year at the end we have a a a festival in honor of the armadillo we call it Dillo Day it is just a an an excuse for people to start drinking at 6 a.m. (laughs) <laughs> and go on for all day. And the armadillo is, is, is somewhere not really included in the festival. I was having a really bad day because I had, like, lost my... Like, by that I mean I physically did not know where my friends were <laughs> during parts of it. <laughs> during parts of the day. And I was feeling really lonely. And then I got... Did you like, say 6 a.m.? I think I had my first shot of whiskey at like 6.30 a.m. That's insane. Jeez. <laughs> and um, I I had a chaser. No, I didn't. Never mind. And, the, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was feeling really lonely. And I, I, we, we get like musicians to come in. And I was watching someone perform. And I didn't care about them. And I got a text saying, hey, a bunch of us are watching Coco. Do you want to come with? And they had a found a way to watch Coco. They were projecting it into the same auditorium that I was taking one of my engineering classes in. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, when I get lonely, I get angry. And so I didn't want to sit next to anyone. And so I sat like really uh, some rows back and I had never seen Coco before. And this was like, this is the same year that it released, but later on in that year. And I just remember smiling the entire time and then openly weeping during the one twist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't cry. And, and I, I rarely do I cry in movies. And I'm just there sobbing at the point where the movie ends. I need to, like, excuse myself before like, and, 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 like, calm down before going back in and actually interacting with other humans. Yeah. It, 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 it was so powerful. And you could tell, 
Um, if you watch what Coco was originally going to be, it was going to be like some kid who grew up in the U.S. trying to discover what his Mexican roots were and then discovering the other of Muertos. And then they were like, wait, this sounds too much like a white man is trying to discover what Mexico is. <laughs> Which and, was my experience watching the film. And, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then like they went back and they're like, no, we actually need to see this in something and make it so that someone actually loves where they're coming from, isn't discovering where they're coming from. Because in the mm-hmm. beginning, right, he's very like, he's very like, oh, whatever, my family don't want to listen to music, I hate it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you know, they can, you know, they can... Well, they can compromise, right? They can, yeah. he can, they can be a family who loves music, and yeah, it's beautiful. So good. It's gorgeous. It, I wish I could have rewatched it for this, but it's, it's my number seven right And now. the world they visit with all the lights is just... It's gorgeous. Oh, incredible. Yeah. incredible. Oh, the, the grandma kind of Mama looks Coco. like my grandma <laughs> yeah. from El Salvador, so they, uh, yeah, I cried. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, keep your eyes out, folks. Adrian Molina, who is the co-director and one of the writers on Coco, has his debut as uh, the sole director coming out in 2025. But oh, that's Elio. There's a trailer already going around for it. But oh, finally, yeah. finally Wait, getting a chance in the director's seat. I thought Elio was coming out in 2024. Uh, it's marked 25 on Oh, Letterboxd, they probably pushed that. So they might have gotten, might have gotten pushed. When okay. you said sole director, it reminded me of the movie Soul. Which is also... Fantastic movie. I disagree. I also <laughs> disagree. I don't like it. I, I, don't I, like I love Soul. I love Soul. What a special <laughs> moment. <laughs> Christian and I have agreed. On Come to the defense of the same movie. Um, Soul is good. Anyway, my number one, which we would have talked about at this point, is Spirited Away. So I will just say, uh, among other movies that are good, I would say Soul. Uh, I would say, speaking of Studio Ghibli, Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, gorgeous. Absolutely incredible yeah. fantasy film. Um, and speaking of Pixar, I have uh, I know what Christian's number one is, so I'm going to let Wait. him talk about that. But yeah. I'm going to say Ratatouille. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a banger. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, Christian, tell us your number one Pixar movie that I already know what this is. Is it your number one? I don't know. Say it. Wally? Yeah! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, Elias, I want you to talk about Wally then. I, okay. I, I talk about Wally like every other episode of this podcast. So I, <laughs> uh, that might be an exaggeration. You know. I talk about Wally a lot though. And so I would, I would like for someone who, who I have never heard talk about Wally talk about well, Wally. Wally, I love because the, the, so much of the movie, almost the entire thing, is told through just image. There's no, there's no use for dialogue or music. Everything's just there. It's just animation, like pure animation, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You get attached to a box robot, you know, and an egg-shaped robot, and they're, they're in love. And, like, by the end of the movie, you're, like, fighting for them to get together and for them to achieve their goals, and it's in, uh, incredible that, like, the focus is not even on, like, people. It's just these tools that were built to help people and that people were just kind of there in the background. Gluttonous. Exactly. <laughs> well, the, the thing that, at the very end, the first time I watched this movie, that the movie ends, and everything's like, I don't want to, I mean, spoilers, I guess. It's an old movie at this point. But, like, everybody achieves their goals. It's nice. It's a happy ending. And the end credits kind of show the earth being rebuilt. Mm. And that's what made me cry when I watched it for the first time. And I was not expecting... A movie like Wally, even going into it when I watched it when I was younger for the first time, I didn't expect it to make me cry. 
Um, and I look back now and I still think it's kind of silly that it made me cry. But by the end, those trailers playing and it's about like being alive and like taking care of everybody else around you and the earth that we live on. And just it's about being a human. It, well, not even really. I take that back. It's not about being a human. It's about being alive. You know, mm-hmm. Wally's not a human. It's about life and like how precious that is and the, the short amount of time that we have with each other. And that made me so emotional. It just like, boom, unlocked tears for me. Wally is my number one. Um, I think I've told the story before where I took an intro to film class and they would divide it into different things. Like mise-en-scene was one week and then sound was another week. And for each one, they would combine it with the movie. And so for sound, they paired it with Wally. They would have a screening of Wally. And uh, this is the only movie out of all the ones that they showed us. People invited their friends and they made popcorn <laughs> and they brought it into the classroom in order to all of us watch Wally together. Um, it, it was like the the best position where I could do it and sound was like the great the greatest thing to pair this movie up with in an intro to film class because all of the robots are sounds. That's, that's that, um, I mean, they're beautiful images and they're communicating through these sounds that are so beautifully tailor-made to them. To, to how to bring them alive and you are rooting for all of them and they're all quirky like the dude who keeps needing to like clean up the mess and Wally like there's one point when he's um, Wally's like all germs and so he's trying to scrub him and then Wally like lifts up his foot and puts all the germs on the robot's <laughs> face and the robot's like needing to scrub himself or um how you know Wally Eva like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, between the two of them but it, it's 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 so little dialogue and and you're right the the humans are in the background because it's the flip on why don't instead of things needing to help humans humans try to help rebuild what it is that they've hurt mm-hmm. and they've destroyed um, I, I also named it as like one of the best apocalypse movies ever made because I actually think in reality this is probably how the apocalypse would be that we destroy Earth and the rich go up into a spaceship and get really fat. Um, <laughs> this it's it's gorgeous, it's wonderful. Well, they just did that in Don't Look Up. Yeah, like it's, yeah, you're right. it's so yeah. true. And it's it went, gonna went well for them. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite little bits about Wally, it's like one of those things that you learn about movies as you go back and watch them as a grown up, is that a lot of the sound and the voice of Wally himself is done by a guy named Ben Burt, yeah. who is a legend in Hollywood because he worked for a very long time with Lucasfilm and created a lot, did a lot of sound editing, sound effects editing, and, and design for those movies. Won multiple Oscars, worked on Indiana Jones, worked at Star Wars, created the R two D two like voice beeps, like and that was his invention. And he had this amazing career, and and he also is the voice of Wally alongside doing other stuff for that movie. Just an awesome little tidbit that you learn about later on because normally you know Pixar movies have recognizable voice actors mm-hmm. but Wally doesn't really have a ton to say so mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. didn't want to get Chris Pratt for that <laughs> they brought in Ben Burt who did voices for a lot of the robots too and you, great you, here's the thing also about the ending of Wally there, there's a part where you think that no not that well you do kind of think Wally might die at some point and there's a more devastating thing that could have happened to Wally afterwards of him possibly losing his memory and, 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 you know, it's a kid's movie, so you expect the ending to be sunny, but those, in, in not necessarily the first one, the second scene, I go, there is a chance that this is how the movie ends. Mm-hmm. That instead it's Wally needing to relearn how to love Eve afterward. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it still I don't know it still works it's still emotionally devastating um I love it I uh and and you know yeah I think it's the best animated movie of the 21st century and it's it's definitely you know earmarked for movie I must show my kid <laughs> Wally absolutely rules folks and now it's time to talk about some other potential best animated movies of the 21st century Spider-Verse movies. Yes. Spider-Verse. So, clear out. Henry Henry gets the ball at the top of the key. We're going to let him drop Wait. the basket. The Spider-Verse, um, across Spider-Verse and Into the Spider-Verse are your joint number one. Yes. Into the Spider-Verse is your number three? Uh, yes. And then across Spider-Verse is my number five. So I just wanted to also say that. Nice. Cool. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they, they are very much honorable mentions for me. I wanted to put some more personal picks on mm-hmm. the list, like Klaus, but yes. Fire away, <laughs> Spider-Tower. And Tower. Tower. <laughs> Let's get sad, folks. Yes. Um, no, yeah, so Spider-Verse, right, has really just kind of blown everything out of the water, right? So, I mean... Especially being around our age, right, and growing up with the Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. and Spider-Man just becoming this icon, and then you have these animated films where it's kind of like, let's change it up, right? Let's and, and it, it it does it explodes everything you know about Spider-Man, and it says, um, you know, anyone can be under the mask, right? Which has not been a concept that they've really delved into besides this. Like, it's been, like, Peter Parker is Spider-Man, and now it's like, no, like, F that, mm-hmm. right? Like, you can have anybody. Um, Miles Morales being, like, like just proving that he is Spider-Man time and time again, um, right? Even though the whole world is against him, uh, the whole multiverse is against him, <laughs> freaking everyone's like, nah, dude, not you. And he's like, nah, like, I am. And... His unwilling, his his un, you know, his determination to just never give up, right, is exactly what makes him Spider-Man. Yeah. And you, you then you also have Spider Gwen, right, Ghost Spider, as they call her in the comics, or like Spider-Man Noir, right, played by Nick Cage, Spider Ham, right, like a pig can be Spider-Man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's 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 everyone, it's it's everything, and um, it it just makes it, it like. You know, turns this this icon into something like greater than itself. Um, on top of that, being like <clears throat> the most differently animated films, like like we've had this Toy Story Pixar model for the last twenty years, and then Spider Verse comes along and is like, yes. But and then it kind of like flips it on on its head, right? With the, especially with the the new one across the Spider Verse, with Gwen's universe being super watercolor, just all the different universes having these different feels is uh, just spectacular, and it's all bundled into one movie. I did tie them. Um, I know I, I would say maybe. Into the Spider-Verse is a tighter film, right? I know a big complaint is Across the Spider-Verse isn't a full movie, right? It's a half a film because it ends on a cliffhanger, which I'm like, like, do you think Empire Strikes Back is half a movie? I'm like, whatever. Um, But um, the, uh, I don't even know where I was going with that. Um, But yeah, so I'm sure the third one's going to be a blast, a whole ball. And... um, I actually, yeah, so I actually, I saw the movie early. I saw it in a a test screening, and I I texted, and I met somebody uh, who worked on the first one. And um, after I saw the second one, I reached out to him, um, and I was like, yo, like, if, if, like, the first one was A New Hope, this one was Empire Strikes Back, and then there was a Variety article that came out, and it was like, people that have seen the film are comparing Spider-Verse to uh, Empire Strikes Back, and I was like, dude, that's me! (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my humble brag right there. Um, 
But freaking, yeah, it's just, it, all the people working on it, right, ha, um, have just made, like, this uh, tapestry. They've changed animated films forever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I, I know, like, uh, the director of the new Ninja Turtles movie hates the comparison between Into the Spider-Verse and Ninja Turtles, but you don't... I, I met him, and yeah. I said that. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't... Well, I, I said, this feels like a post-Into the Spider-Verse movie, and then he, like, looked down. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's, it is. I mean, it is, right? They can't cha- deny like, it. They, they've changed, they changed the game. They yeah. changed the game. They, they, um, they took this, you know, whatever American um, animation, and they pushed it. And it's really exciting. Yeah. And they've p- paved a way for other people to not just stick to this whatever model that we've had for forever and like you know it was like oh animated movies can look different i didn't even think like we could do that Mm -hmm. and now here we are we can and i'm really excited for the future basically well yeah i love how so pixar came out with incredibles and there we talked about it earlier how impactful that was their whole message for a lot of the movie well you know if everybody's a superhero no one is that kind yeah. of thing and i've heard some people say that to me when i talk about how great into the spider-verse is and how it shows that anybody could be spider-man somebody has come back and been like well then if everybody's spider-man there is no spider-man and i'm like no <laughs> if everybody's spider-man that because me- spider-man is doing your best at everything that that you do Everything. Or trying. Being or the great best. power comes great responsibility. Exactly. Right? Is, is, exactly. Yeah. So if everybody's doing that, it means everybody's a better person. Yeah. So I thought it, it meant having the powers of a spider. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it's not. Someone you love die horribly in front of you. That could be a thing. It could mean all that. That's what Into the Spider-Verse is. It's just like, do your best in everything that you do. Because with great power comes great responsibility. And, 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 pow- and also, like, have the powers of a spider. Well, but power is different. <laughs> like, what, what power means, right, it, it is different. Like, power can just be, like, I'm walking on the street, I p- see a piece of litter, right? Like, I have the power to pick that piece of trash up and throw it away. Exactly. And, and so it's you like, if it. I have that power, I have that responsibility. Because given that there's a multiverse, that means that there is a universe where everybody's a spider, and there is a spider that has been chosen to be Spider Spider Man, <laughs> or maybe just Man. So something that mm-hmm. he's done has made him, you know, man. Spider Spider Man, or Man Spider Spider. I think it's a good point that we've brought up great power and great responsibility because it, uh, you know, animated movies since they're so frequently targeted at kids or at families, they do something similar to what comic books do. And obviously now the comics industry is massive. We have all kinds of stories, especially for adults only. There's plenty of that. But, um, you know, when you think about the original message of with great power comes great responsibility, obviously when they were writing, when, when Stanley and Steve Ditko were making those books, it wasn't. Peter, because you have spider powers, now you have great responsibility. It's Peter, with great power comes great responsibility, which also was a message to the young boys and girls reading that comic book, Mm -hmm. learning from this crazy superhero story about, wow, I may not have spider powers, I may not be super strong and have a spider sense, but I can still learn to, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, as small as litter, to be a positive force in my environment, to use what is gifted and trusted to me, to use that for good. Um, and obviously that message has been passed down into the movies and these kinds of messages are continuing to be taught and to be told and one wonderful thing about Into the Spider-Verse bringing in Miles Morales is yes, like expanding uh, our, just our idea of, of who can be a hero expanding our 
imagination and what else we can include in these types of stories and still making these messages universal. So yes, I, I love Into the Spider-Verse. I, I want to watch Across again because I blew my mind when I saw it in theaters, but I do want to give it a rewatch. And mm-hmm. yes, very excited for Beyond the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which will be the inevitable third movie. These, I, I think these movies are utterly fantastic. Some of the best movies of their year uh, genre be damned just in terms of pure movies yeah. of that year incredible mm-hmm. stuff so mm-hmm. so glad we got a chance to talk about them and across the spider was also like was balancing very very well three different perspectives so not just Gwen and not just Miles but but which one's Oscar Isaac's character Spider-Man 2099 yes Miguel O'Hara yeah. Miguel O'Hara and I think in trying to show literally me three different <laughs> <laughs> Okay, in trying to showcase all three perspectives, <laughs> did give me a fully fleshed out understanding of who those three are. Um, uh, a friend of ours, Nick Miners, said it best. I think he texted this to us. Trying to imagine how they animated just like one second of this movie, my my brain breaks. Yeah. In that, and um, I mean, we now know that they were not under the best uh, the animation studio yeah. is not under the best conditions yes so I'm hoping that they now um, are fed well certainly the kind of movie where I don't <laughs> mind that Beyond the Spider-Verse got delayed uh, and I hope I actually saw a rumor that it wasn't being delayed and it there's was still going to come no, out next year but I hope that's not true there's no way there, I hope that's not true the yeah. SAG strike stopped them from being able to voice anything. I don't think it would but be that would physically take, possible yeah, yeah. The, the whole the voice acting part of it would take a hot minute it's, it's more so about the actual animating yeah that, I, yeah. that is sure to take absolutely forever and I hope that folks don't have to work under uh, intense and unfair conditions to make a good movie I'd rather have a good movie made where people hopefully were exploited as little as possible Mm -hmm. so which do you guys like better and why into why because it was the first yeah so just like (laughs) so just like it's like yeah with the Shrek there wouldn't be Shrek 2 into the Spider-Verse created across I wouldn't know Across the Spider-Verse is beautiful. Um, and I'm sorry you mentioned that you don't like the argument that it's half a movie. No, but like the first... I mean, both oh, of no, them. No, 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 no. Both, both. But I also, like, I, I like I like that Into the Spider-Verse is one complete story. Totally, yeah. I don't think that Across the Spider-Verse is any less of an amazing movie because it's half of a story. But I think comparing between the two, I would choose Into because it's I can watch it and it's one thing that I can think about, you know? Right, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I might lean that way also, but again, just slightly. I think Across is exactly incredible. And it's, it's not just, by a lot. For me, like, like <laughs> I talked about earlier with Millennium Actress and Paprika, like Paprika, amazing movie. Millennium Actress has a little bit more emotional heft, and so I lean that way. Same principle where Across the Spider-Verse has absolutely incredible filmmaking, unbelievable design, like unbelievable animation. Into the Spider-Verse, not as ballsy and sophisticated in that realm, but yes, tell, does get the opportunity to tell a complete, finite story and has Nick Cage and John Mulaney, <laughs> so, you know, I, I might lean that way. Across the Spider-Verse, I think it's better in every way. I think it's a better story. I think it's better animation. I think it's more ambitious. I think it's trying to reach into more worlds. Um, I think it's yelling at me at times like like no 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 by that I mean like you will respect the animation of this movie and I'm like I do I do I promise Into the Spider-Verse um, Into the Spider-Verse I like I, I like I like a lot it's just I don't know for some reason I feel like it was almost like pulling its punches 
Yeah. Um, just for me, like knowing the comic books, I like although Into the Spider Verse went into directions I wasn't aware it would go. I also kind of knew the beats that Uncle Aaron is Prowler and he's gonna die. Like mm-hmm. it all, I knew it already. So Across the Spider Verse has kind of like pushed past that and uh, went in many places that I did not expect. So for that, it made it more just an enjoyable experience to watch. There we go. That's a great point. Yeah, but yeah. they're great movies. They're great movies. And folks, those are our respective top five animated films of the 21st century. Lots of overlap, which is fun. I think definitely some consensus picks, but also plenty of uniqueness to share, which is always fun. Um, quickly, do we want to just recount our lists to kind of wrap things up? Yeah. I went first, so I will go first. My number five was Klaus. Number four, Tower. Number three, Toy Story 3. Number two, Millennium Actress. Not mattress. And number one, <laughs> Spirited Away. My number five, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. My number four, Treasure Planet. My number three, Weathering With You. My number two, The Incredibles. And my number one, Wally. My number five is Shrek. Number five, uh, four is Coraline. Number three is Into the Spider-Verse. Number two is Spirited Away. And number one is Wally. And I had number five is Toy Story 3, 4, Aloha, Scooby-Doo, 3, Shrek, 2, Coco, and then one was a tie between Into and Across the Spider-Verse. Are there any honorable mentions? Uh, actually, yeah, I had a, I, yeah. So <laughs> here, here's a question. Actually, I'm going to start this with a question, sure. and then we'll continue from there. Um, would so, you consider Who Framed Roger Rabbit an animated movie or a live-action movie? I don't think that came out in 2000. I know. I mean, I know. This is just a, a just just a uh, general question I, to start. At for those hybrid movies, I lean towards live action, but mm-hmm. I I don't know how to say. Like there, there's there's they're animate. There there's animation in yeah. them, right? So yeah. there's a whole sequence in Roger Rabbit where they go into Toontown and it's Exactly. It's so I'm like hmm. in front of a whole animated world, so hmm. torn. If you were to call it an animated movie, I wouldn't opposed to it but I would also lean towards is it more live action or is it more animated you know Marcel the Shell with Shoes On great movie mm. just got an Oscar nomination for best animated feature and if that counts then it is so much animation that there's every single frame has animation though it's but not like Who Framed Roger follow, Rabbit I think following that principle but I think every end game is an animated film that's that's <laughs> that's where I was going to it is that's one, where I was going to one weird I, quirk of uh, I put Avengers world. Infinity War on there as an honorable mention not because it's like one of my personal favorites but because of the impact it has had You're on, big on the world. Well, because I, I, you well, know, top five list, I was just trying important. to think, like, to me or to everyone, you know? I made a hybrid movie before, like, live action and animation, and, like, I'll just say, like, it would have been out a lot sooner if I didn't have to animate a whole-ass yeah. character, you Well, know? therefore, yeah, I agree. <laughs> animation <laughs> adds so much work, which, yeah. therefore, you know, you kind of have to yeah, it's, it's give it its credit, movie. right? Yeah, absolutely. So, in that regard, Avatar... Anyone? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> and, and I liked Avatar 2 a lot. Uh, I did too. Yeah, it was great. Too. They're both incredible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, a, few, a few extras I had on. Speaking of animated documentaries, Flea. Did anybody see Flea? Flea is great. No. Mm. Uh, I haven't watched Flea. it. Another very powerful story. It is, uh, I believe, a Norwegian filmmaker uh, interviewing a friend of his who was a refugee from, I believe, Iran, telling his, his story of fleeing the country, escaping, and also coming of age as a gay man. Uh, really, really beautiful. Flee, movie. F-L-E-E? Yes. For some reason, I wrote F-L-E-A. F-L-E-A. <laughs> um, uh, another, speaking of 
Spider-Verse movies, Sony uh, animation also did the Mitchells vs. the Machines. Oh. Not the Emoji <laughs> The Mitchells vs. the Machines. Another oh, that's movie a good one. Yeah. I'd love to rewatch because I absolutely loved it the first time I watched it. So definitely want to give it another look. And Inside Out might be one of my personal favorite Pixar movies. Yeah. I was surprised it did not come, had not come out. Yeah, I, I messed with my star rating. Like, if you look at my these movies by star rating, the, I have two five-star rated movies that do not appear at number one and number two. I had Inside Out, also a five-star movie that I actually left off the list just to fit other things on. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Inside Out, I think, is one of Pixar's best movies, if not their best. I'm a huge fan of that one. I kind of hate movies where it's like we have to get back to where we came from. I'm like, just go back. Like it's so easy. And it's like, why do we have to do this whole journey? Just like, <laughs> just go. <laughs> Come on, like crawl up the pipe. Come on, <laughs> Alice, don't go into Wonderland. <laughs> back out of the hole. Get out. I honestly don't really like Alice in Wonderland. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, kinda, yeah that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I like more of like the the impact it has. Hey. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, let's see, Lilo and Stitch. Uh, oh, good. Uh, so great one. I, I, okay, um, man, what is, Monsters, Inc. is great. Oh, yes, um, Like every Pixar movie from, <laughs> from that era. Almost, yeah. like, yeah. maybe not Cars 2 or whatever, but like, so many <laughs> Pixar movies, yeah. you could have just made your list of five Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Tangled is great. Tangled is great. Um, Tangled. What other... Oh, okay. Personal pick that is that, that probably wouldn't be in my in, in my top ten. That I love is Paranorman. I love Paranorman. Oh yeah, that's a good. Yeah. One. Oh, but one that might actually be in my top ten: Wreck It Ralph. Mm. Oh no 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 no! Probably my number <laughs> my, my my number eight: Arthur Christmas. Oh yeah, I was surprised you to bring that one up earlier when I was talking Klaus, but I, I remember it now. I, I, I was like, well, have you guys seen Arthur Christmas? No. Yeah. Oh, it might be the best Christmas movie ever made. It's <laughs> so right. good. It's about this back kid. to back feature, I guess. Uh, Klaus <laughs> and Arthur Christmas. <laughs> and then you text our group chat and tell us which one's better. Yeah. Okay. It, perfect. It, 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 it's 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 about um, Santa Claus's like uh, so Santa Claus when it when it, you retire and then your son becomes Santa Claus. Santa Claus has two kids though, and it's gonna go to his eldest son, and his youngest son doesn't care, but he realizes at the end of Christmas there is one child who has not had their present delivered because it accidentally got lost in the mail. And so he undertakes it upon himself to take his grandpa, who is the retired Santa Claus, to, um, and takes, I, th- I think they get one really, really old reindeer to go with them, and it's just like a mad dash to get all around the world in order to be able to deliver this one present to this kid. Oh man, that sounds fun. I would it's watch. So good. Mm. Uh, it's on my list. I'll watch. I it. remember the trailers. Yeah, <clears throat> so good, so so good. But that's it. Uh, I just wanted to say in the movie Your Name, which we talked about earlier, there's a moment where there's a particular song that drops. There's a bunch of songs by the band Rad Wimps that play throughout the movie. Great band name. Uh, but <laughs> I also I think levitated out of my body to a higher plane of existence for about three seconds as this song was kicking in for one of the best montages I've ever seen. So. Watch, oh. watch your name. <laughs> the middle section of Kill Bill Volume 1. Oh, <laughs> oh, you know what? I I was thinking about adding that into no, this that's list. Not a, no, that's not it. Just the, <laughs> because, <laughs> of, well, because of, as an honorable impact. mention. No, not, well, no. Actually, I could work the weird impact into this, but, um, like, all the, like, Kill Bill is inspired by, like, anime. Yep. So to have that section is to kind of directly say like this is what influ- influenced this type of movie. Yep, that's the best section of the movie. 
in my opinion. Maybe. I, I like it when she's fighting the crazy idiots at the end. That's yeah, a good that's a good kinda, scene, but I don't know. I think everything that's been animated in Kill Bill was beautiful. It was okay. the best. Um, um, Henry, I feel like we did all the honorable mentioning, but I don't know if you had a chance to say one. So do you have any... Any other Scooby-Doo movies? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really prepare for honorable mentions. That's, that's uh, yeah, no, I mean, no I, like, I like a lot of films, oh. though. I'm... Sh- I'm uh, God... <laughs> you, you don't. You don't need to say. I agree I with what everyone to, else said. <laughs> wanted to be generous here. Um, Buddy Man and Company is my honorable. Oh, there you mention. go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go watch that. If it's, it won't be out when you. Write <laughs> <laughs> it on a post-it note. Yeah, yeah. Stick it on your. Fridge. Remember this podcast. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of animated movie chit chat, and I had a blast doing it. So, Elias and Henry, thank you both for joining us. Greatly appreciate having the two of you here, even if it makes Christian's producing job significantly harder because he now has over an hour and 40 minutes of podcast to edit, so <laughs> good job, I, buddy. I've got like a five-hour plane ride to do that in. <laughs> I'm um, taking a plane after this. Oh, nice. Yeah. Christian, mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and tell folks who are listening along at home what's coming next week on Cinema on Tap. Yeah, I'm quitting next week. Um, no, I, <laughs> Finally, I'm free. Last episode. <laughs> um, next next week, we will be doing our end of year awards where we look back at all the movies we discussed this year and we choose what it is that we have seen that is the best in the realms of directing, acting, screenplay, picture. Um, should we add animated? No, we, we only have six movies. We wouldn't be able to add it. Okay, so uh, with that... Um, I am choosing, I think I'm choosing actor, supporting actress, and director. I don't know what you're choosing, so. Cool. <laughs> well, I am. We're going to have a production meeting about this later. And then we, we all also are going to talk about the top five movies that we have seen for this podcast this year. We're going to try and keep it under two hours. We will. We will definitely keep it under two hours. <laughs> um, there will be no fights about Birdman. Here, so was that was that last year? Or was that two years ago? That was two years ago. Okay, I literally said uh, I refuse to leave unless we say that Birdman is the best movie we have seen this well, year. Like, we there's probably five good minutes of podcasts where it's just like, no, no, I'm serious, Scott, uh, but no, no, Scott, I'm serious. <laughs> we had, I negotiated him down to joint best picture winners because I, as much as I still enjoy Birdman, couldn't give it best picture that year, but yeah, alas. Next week on yeah, the Tappies. You were wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Formerly the Drippies, we changed our name and so are the awards. Now the Tappies. Join us next week as we reflect on the year, talk about some of our favorites from the movies that we did watch. It'll be a jolly good time. And then we take a two-week break. And then we take a two-week break for the holidays and we come back in January with our top ten movies of 2023. Gonna be a blast. We're not critics and we don't get screeners, which makes uh, that a little bit harder. So that's why we need through December to watch movies and catch up. For that one, I think Anthony's coming back. Oh, very fun. Friend of the show, Anthony Finn's also a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's more uh, horror, live action mm-hmm. filmmaking. Less less animated, but still. We, got, we love to have filmmakers on the show. So, uh, before we wrap things up here, Elias, Henry, want to give you both the opportunity to you know, pitch anything you want or, you know, plug. Plug anything you want. Maybe not pitch anything. I don't really have a lot of power uh, <laughs> in terms of getting things made. But plug anything, whether it's social media or, you know, short films and projects you guys have going on. Would love for folks to be able to find more of your work. Sure. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for having me, Scott and Christian. Uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Elias Hoxie or at Elias Hoxie Art. And on Twitter, I think I'm just Elias, but it's fanatic. So... 
maybe you'll see that in the description or something. I don't know. But yeah, thanks for listening. Um, awesome. Yeah, uh, you can follow my Instagram at Mr. Purple. Got to spell out the Mister and then the Bunny Man with all the underscores, Bunny Man and Company. Um, otherwise, yeah, if you know any producers who <laughs> <laughs> want to give me money um, because I have an animator to pay for the next few episodes of Bunny Man, uh, also I'm I started talking about next year I'm making a live action short. Um, it's called I Heart Zombie, so keep an eye out for that one as well. Oh, um, my short film is on its third revisions when we walked down our two main actors. Um, right. Amazing. Uh, and then I worked on, I wrote a second short film, and what I'm thinking about doing is making three, shooting them conjointly, and then packaging the three of them together. Um, not sure about that, but I do have an actor who is signed on to the second short film, and now I just need to write the third one. And we'll end. Um, I don't think I will be directing any of them. I'm actually reaching out to people so that they can direct them. And I host this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you're still here uh, past an hour and 47, there we go. We really greatly appreciate you listening along with us. Hope we talked about some of your favorite animated films as well. The number one thing you can do to support us is, of course, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating or a review if applicable. Helps us grow on those various platforms, and it's always awesome to see those fresh new five-star reviews come in. Helps us, or helps warm our hearts, especially in these cold, wintry months. We're going to need it, folks, so maybe drop some five-star reviews. We'd appreciate it. You can also send us an email if there's an animated movie from the 21st century that we did not talk about on today's show, and you're like, how could you guys have missed Frozen? Send us an email. <laughs> it's Cinema on the Tap. The Emoji Movie. Yeah, yeah. It's Cinema on Tap Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. We'd love to get listener feedback, especially if you guys have ideas for cinematic kegs that we can tap, I have themes for our month as we plan these movie marathons. Scott, or you're in charge of January. I'm in charge of January. It's going to be fun. Or just individual movies that you guys want us to talk about and we can figure out the rest. Let us know. We'd love to do episodes about movies that you actually want to hear about. So, again, that's cinemaontappodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow myself and the show on Twitter, Christian on Instagram, and the both of us on Letterboxd, where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things that we are watching. A lot of 2023 homework that I'm doing uh, for the next few weeks, so you can see some of my reviews for new releases or recent releases start to roll in. Uh, you need to tell me if you are joining me next week Wednesday. I do. Christian and I might be seeing a, a little Q&A, a movie with a Q&A next Wednesday, which would be a fun time. So I will tell you, Christian, hold your horses, don't be hasty. I have dogs to take care of and a wife who like, likes it when I'm at home or whatever. So, love you, Maddie. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Until next time. Maddie doesn't listen to this podcast. Nah, but we love her still. And until next time, this has been Cinema on Tap. Thanks for listening.